Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, 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 Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about panties, toilets, kimonos, tasers, tango, the northern lights, and fire extinguishers. The music for this show I recorded on the streets of Rome. Let's get on with the show. I've told this story, but it was like a decade ago. So there's this infamous girl who's always kind of, eh, she likes to imbibe. And she's always like a little messy, like the bun is over at the wrong side, you know. And maybe the, you know, she's, she's what they might call like a mess in a dress. You know, so one day she has all these gay friends. And um, one day her one gay friend guy was saying, what, what do you have your hair pulled back with? And she said, a scrunchie. He said, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a scrunchie. She's like, it's a scrunchie. So later on, they're working. They're on the plane. She's in her uniform. And later on, he goes, I don't think that's a scrunchie. She's like, it's a scrunchie. So she takes it off to show him. And it's a thong underwear. And he could see the cotton panel. It's <laughs> <laughs> still funny. <laughs> okay, so tell your. All right, so I was working one day, and when we had the red um, uh, pocket square, I was working with a gentleman who's also married to a flight attendant, and uh, and I said, your pocket square is not the same color as everybody else. It's a little different color of red, and he grabs it and whips it out of his pocket, and it's a pair of his wife's panties, and even worse, or even better, is even funnier because we all knew his wife. It's like a panty square. It was a panty square. Exactly. A panty square. However, he did not have the cotton panel showing. He did a very good job Discreet. holding it yes. in, in his pocket. So we're hopefully getting to the end of the pandemic, and some countries are opening up, a lot of more people are flying, 
And one of the groups of people that's been flying this whole time during the pandemic is military and uh, contractors because they have special clearances even when countries were closed to tourists. So there'll be flights. I was just working a flight coming back to the United States from Europe, and we had a lot of military guys. They weren't in uniform, but they're very obvious. You know, they got the short hair. They're polite and uh, they're very able-bodied, virile. So we keep an eye. We notice all of those and people because in case there's an emergency, you know, or say there's an unruly passenger, you want to be aware of where um, a fit person who might be of assistance. <laughs> it's called being cabin aware. So we had, I want to say, close to 50 of these guys on a flight. And uh, I was flying with this youngish female flight attendant, really pretty. And uh, what was unusual about her, I'd never flown with her before, is she was wearing four inch high stiletto heels that she kept on the whole flight, which is highly unusual on like a nine hour flight. You almost never see it. But uh, you know, she's like a real, she's like a real quote unquote stewardess, like that you might think of in the movies. So, you know, we have crew rest coming back from Europe. And I guess on hers, it was a little bit longer than normal. And she had to go to the bathroom. So I was flying on a plane where we don't have any bathrooms on the back of the plane where the crew rest facility is. So this is what was highly unusual. I actually have never seen before some people, if you're on a longer flight, if you're like going to Asia or Africa and you might have like a three or four hour crew rest, people change into pajamas. But what this pretty flight attendant changed into was a kimono. <laughs> I'd never seen that before. I mean, she wasn't Asian, but she changed into this pretty kimono that was like short, like thigh high. And she comes down from crew rest. She just wants to, she doesn't want to get changed to go to the bathroom and then go back up to crew rest. So she comes down in this thigh high kimono with four inch stiletto heels and then walks through the cabin <laughs> to the bathroom where we have all these military strong youngish men. And you should have seen their heads craning like, where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One story that was funny is back in the 727 days, yeah. there was a little old man in the bathroom back there. He slung the door open and he started yelling, Hey, I need some toilet paper. <laughs> so it was me and another guy, crew member, and I looked at the guy and said, He's yours, <laughs> and sent him back. But did he have the thing out and everything? He was sitting on the john <laughs> with the door open yelling, Hey, I need toilet paper. <laughs> so I've had a lot of people, regular people, media people, asking me to comment on all of the passenger misconduct that's happening. And I have feelings about it, and I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, is... I feel like there's any number of reasons that there is an increase of passenger violence is, number one, this was a 
traumatic event we just went through. And when you have a worldwide traumatic event, the people who already have cracks, who already have problems, so they already have possibly an addiction problem, possibly a mental illness, you add this big stress factor and they spin out. But it's not just that. It's that this pandemic has been politicized, like with the masks and different parties and people feeling like their freedoms are being infringed upon. Well, the airplane is a rules-oriented environment, and it has to be. You know, you can't have a free-for-all um, in a metal tube flying at 32,000 feet. So it, it's people don't like you to tell them what to do. So you're just telling them to bring their tray table up and put their seatbelt on. And next thing you know, they're punching the flight attendant and her teeth are knocked out. So, I mean, it's a giant problem. And then I was researching a little bit about other airlines and other uh, international carriers, what they do. And a couple of the Asian carriers actually have stun guns on board. Stun guns. And I'm just hoping we're not heading towards the stun gun and the stun gun training. So I was talking to a good friend of mine and he said, you know, we were talking about this subject and he said, you know, people ask me, what would it take to get you to retire? And he said, stun guns on a plane. (laughs) He said, can you imagine, you know, whenever there's a passenger misconduct or a medical emergency, it's stressful and you're nervous and it's, it's not like you can call 911. So he was saying, how horrible would it be if you miss with the stun gun. So here's this nice passenger (laughs) drinking their Diet Coke, (laughs) watching their movie, and next thing you know, they get stunned. You know, like, (laughs) can you imagine the lawsuits? I was watching a movie, and the next thing I know, there was a flight, and there was a child that was uh, less than happy about being on the flight and cooped up and all that, so they were crying. the mom gave the flight attendant the bottle to go warm oh, up oh. for I think a little I did, bit. This one, I think, was in the news. Yes, this one was in the news. <laughs> this is one of those things you don't do uh, Ever. because, yeah, it, you tend to lose jobs that way. Yes, he crunched up one of his, um, I think it was like Valium or something like that. Or and, like some sleeping Yes, uh, and, and, and put it in the bottle. For the child. For the child. Yes. The, the flight attendant did. The flight attendant did. The yes. flight attendant drugged someone else's child. Yes, correct. Yes, I don't think they were a flight and attendant for very long. Not much longer after that, no. <laughs> the mom had noticed the uh, the bottle had something strange floating in it. <laughs> I think they actually like had to take it to a lab. Or yes, something. they did and see what oh it was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's stepping over a, a line or two. <laughs> or two. I did my first Rome trip in, what, a year and a half, and they have some rigorous requirements, rigorous requirements. But it's understandable. You know, Italy was hit hard. So the passengers have to take three tests. They have to take a test three days before they're leaving the United States. They have to take a test at the airport, and then they take another test at the airport in Rome, which, you know, it's a long flight to Rome, and then you got to stand in line to take a test. But, you know, it is what it is. But then they also have these rigorous requirements on board the airplane. Get this. I mean, the passengers are looking at me like, what? And I'm thinking, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules in Italy. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, flights going from the United States to Rome, you cannot move your seat. Even if the plane is empty, you're not supposed to move your seat. And that's, I was like, and why is that? And the passengers are like, what do you mean I can't move? And I'm like, well, they're concerned with contact tracing. So if somebody tests positive, say when you get to Rome, then they want to be able to contact the people who were sitting next to them. And if you moved seats, then they can't contact you. So it's like, all right, well, at least there's some rhyme or reason to that. But then this other one, if you're going to put something in the overhead bin other than a suitcase, you have to put it in a plastic bag. And so we have to have somebody standing at the aircraft door handing out plastic bags if you're going to put like your backpack or your jacket in the overhead bin. And the passengers are like, what? And I'm like, I don't make the rules, I tell you. Just put your stuff in a plastic bag. <laughs> okay, so on that flight, I felt really bad because there were two families traveling together and they took their test to the United States. They took their tests on the plane at the airport. And then one of the kids tested positive in Rome at the airport. And it's like, oh my gosh. So the both families, it's like ixnay on the Italian vacation A. They had to quarantine for two weeks at an airport hotel in Rome. And it's like... But on a positive note, it was open and people are out and you could sit outside and people were playing music on the street again. I haven't had any. Um, I like to do street music for the music for the podcast and I haven't had any of that since the pandemic. But it's like there was a giant pause button and it was hit at the pandemic and it's hit now and we're back, baby. We are back. About eight years ago, my father died, and the first Thanksgiving after he died, I didn't want to stay in the United States and celebrate because I don't have my mother either. So I bid Buenos Aires to go dancing because Thursday is one of my favorite dancing nights, and because it was the last Thursday of the month, we have a drawing for a free pair of shoes. So you're like tango dancer. I'm a tango dancer, yes. So I won the shoes, and when they gave me the microphone. I explained to everyone. I said, everybody that knows me knows I'm American. This is a really big day in the United States. It's my favorite holiday, but it was the first one without my dad. And I feel like my dad sent me those shoes from Aww. heaven. It's like a present. It was like a present. And I started crying and a lot of other people started crying and they came over and hugged me, but I'll never forget it as long as I live. I'm just, I'm getting chicken skin thinking about it now. Yes, and so you, you, you dance on your layovers. Yes. Yes, I like to, it's interesting to see how many different interests people have. You know, we, yeah. people think of us as one type of thing. Right. But you get to go dancing in Buenos Aires yes. on your layovers. How great is that? It's amazing. <laughs> I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You took a moment of your time and went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought Reborn in the United States, an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. Two people bought my book, Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool. Yay! <laughs> and somebody else bought Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, 
and the teachings of plants. So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, please consider going to my website, bettingthesky.com, click on any of the Amazon links, and I thank you so very much. Well, we were on our way to Munich. We land, we, um, they take us to the hotel, and the hotel is bustling, just jumping. And it turns out at our hotel, a lot of people from the Middle East would come over to Germany to have medical procedures. Oh, yeah. And um, so we all get our keys, make our way up to our room, and um, I am on the floor with the woman that was in charge, the person on the flight. And she comes barreling out of her room, and she is uh, she's a very tall woman, like had to be at least six feet, striking, uh, strikingly beautiful. And she was in a t-shirt and her underwear. And I was like, "What are you doing in the hallway in a t-shirt and your underwear?" And she said that her friend on the flight had just called. She goes tearing down the hallway, hitting the uh, elevator button and nothing's happening. And I'm still trying to absorb the fact that she's running around right, in her underwear. What had happened to her friend? Well, as I followed her down, it seems that the Arabs, as they came over, they would just move from room to room. Oh. And they would keep the room keys. Oh. And they would go into the empty rooms and take the alcohol, because they don't drink alcohol, but they do like the alcohol they just don't drink it so um, they would take it out and, and uh, an elderly man had come into the flight attendant's room while she was on the phone with the purser and said there's a man in my room so her initial response was I wish there was a man in my room and she said no seriously there's a man in my room so that's when I uh, so noticed running to go to her running room. to get her she couldn't get on the elevator the cleaner who was Turkish she starts yelling at him he did not understand anything was very frightened um, and she pushes him out of the way and takes to the steps and then I take off behind her and when I get there it seems that she had gone into her friend's room taken the elderly man and pinned him up against the wall because oh, you're so big <laughs> She's, yes. and, and he was not a the big man and um, and then his son came tearing out of the room saying you know what appeared to be no stop pinning my father to the wall and um, she then lets go of the father who runs behind the son and I went to check on the friend the friend was fine she too was in the process of getting undressed she was not dressed and uh, and the, the son was yelling at the purser and uh, of course we had no idea what he was saying but he seemed very displeased and so she began to throw the keys and we had called downstairs to have security and they yeah. said well we don't have security and they said well somebody needs to get up here it's chaos and they said no it's dangerous up there <laughs> um, but I think the, they didn't want to come. They, they no, they wouldn't send anyone up. And um, they wouldn't send anybody up. Not no. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so after that, the uh, the Arabs were very frightened of us. <laughs> and the scary girl. And the scary girl that was attacking them. I 
like if I hear an airplane story on a podcast I like. I like to play it because this way it's a way of telling you about different podcasts that I enjoy. And I like Literally with Rob Lowe. And this is a little clip with his guest, the comedian J.B. Smoove. I want, people, I want people to start wearing suits on airplanes. Man, you know what? When I travel, I look fucking good when I travel. I don't fuck around. Yeah. When I travel, I look good. I don't play, man. I like to look nice. Wait, wear, you mean I'm... you don't wear cargo shorts and flip-flops? Fuck no, man. I would never wear flip-flops on a fucking plane. A plane is filthy. Filthy. Well, we know that now. That's the one I good bet. thing about the pandemic is we finally got the memo. Planes are no, cesspools. No, no, no. Let me tell you something right now. I, the last few times I've, I've flown and I see someone get the fuck up and walk their ass to the bathroom barefoot, Duh. walk Ooh. into the bathroom barefoot, walk out the bathroom barefoot. I've seen this shit twice. No. I said, what the fuck is going on? Why would anyone walk around a plane barefoot and walk into the bathroom barefoot? I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't, I couldn't grasp what the fuck they were thinking about. Walking in a bathroom barefoot. Okay? You're not home getting out your own shower. You're on a fucking plane with all these dirty ass shoes. You, <laughs> you get up out of your first class and you're in first class. First class means you first class and you're sitting in first class. Have some fucking class about yourself. How dare you? That's a good one. That that's that that sounds like a podcast morning. Damn right. Truism. <laughs> If you're in first class, be first class. Yeah, I, I would. As I was talking before, we've had a string of unruly passengers. The one was where the passenger started uh, wanting to breach the cockpit and was saying, stop this plane. And I, one of the passengers took video and I was in Europe. And sometimes you see different news in Europe than you do in the United States. And they kept playing this video on a loop, basically, and the one passenger, a able-bodied male, had stood up. He was in like the economy comfort section, you know, a little bit nicer part of the economy section on a domestic flight. And he sees this guy starting yelling and trying to get in the cockpit. So he taps another able-bodied man in that same zone. And they get up and they basically tackled the passenger, which is great. But what I thought was funny is he so he taps the one guy and then he gets up there and he's just about to tackle the passenger. And he said, not today, sir. Not today. And I thought, well, isn't that polite? Not today, sir. Not today. <laughs> this is interesting because you've only been flying a few years, but now you're going to tell a story about when you were like a dumb passenger. Right. A paying passenger. <laughs> yes. You know, it's not non-revving or standby. Right. I, I bought the ticket. Right. With, well, I was going to um, college in Milan, and I was coming home for Christmas. So it was a Malpensa, Milan, to JFK. Flight. Right. And I forget what carrier. It wasn't any of the American uh, airlines. But you, had, you were taking the, that northerly route. Yeah, so it was that very northerly route over the or very close to the North Pole. And it was okay. a light flight. And I always get the window because I love looking out the window. So there we are, you know, after dinner, everything is very quiet, downtime. And I look out the window and then, you know, I start seeing like 
something different in the sky and I'm like my god what's that you know and then I realized it, it was the northern light which is really exciting oh my god so I <laughs> there I am super excited traveling by myself I, I had the, the seat next to me empty and I'm there's nobody to tell and right. I'm, so I'm trying to and it was just the white ones no colors but right. even so you know so I'm trying to get a better look and it's like ah oh, there's the you know the lights that glare and I grab my blanket I try to like put it around and to get a better the, look to so get like a the, better look yeah. yes because and I was super 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 excited I'm like oh my god I I mean I I'm sure my nose you know my nose <laughs> your nose pressed up against the window yes, 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 yes. so anyway I'm like so I was behind the wings and I'm like, oh, the, the lights, that's what it is. It's not so much the inner, the cabin light. It's, in, it's blocking your view. That's, that's yeah. making it less, yeah. you know. So I'm like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do. So there I go, ding dong. <laughs> I call the flight attendant. And I wait and, you know, I'm looking and I wait. Nothing's happening, you know. Then I try again, it's like, ding dong. <laughs> Finally, the flight attendant shows up and she says, how may I help you? And I'm like, super excited I'm like oh can you do me a huge cheese favor can you ask the captain to turn off all the air the airplane's lights like the out she's like excuse me I'm like yeah you know the red light and the white light you know the, the flashing one can can he turn all the lights off because the north I'm looking at the northern lights and if he turns the lights off I could see him better I could see him better exactly and there was this pause and this look in her face and it was clear to me that I was saying something really stupid. <laughs> and then I thought about what I was saying. I'm like, okay, so I'm asking her to call the captain and turn off All our safety lights. navigation, yeah. the strobe, everything <laughs> off for a minute or two. So you can see the doors. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and I looked at her and I said, um, you know what? Um, I, this is fine. I'm um, good. I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, never mind. One of the frustrating things with the pandemic and the masks is, you know, I didn't sign up to be mask police and it's not something I want to do. But it's also quite frustrating because the passengers for many years now have had their headphones on watching a movie. So they it's hard to get their attention. So basically, when you're asking them about a drink or a meal, it goes something like this. Would you like something to drink? No response. They don't even look at you. Would you like something to drink? Sometimes you have to touch them. And then they, they go like, oh. And then they fiddle with their screen. And then they fiddle with their headphones to take those off. And then I say something to drink. And they say, what? It's always that. So it's always like a four try. But now there's an added wrinkle to this kerfuffle. <laughs> it's almost always kerfuffle. When somebody actually sees the cart coming and actually takes their headphones off. It's like you just want to say, thank you, thank you, thank you for not making me say it four times. But now there's an added problem. The mask. So we make a PA, which of course nobody listens to, is that please wait till your flight attendants have finished serving at your row before you take your mask off, you know, for eating and drinking. And nobody listens to that. And so we get to them and I say, something to drink and they've got their mask on and their headphones on and the first thing they do is take their mask off so now they're looking at me and I say something to drink but you know you can't hear through your nose and your mouth <laughs> they still have their headphones on 
<laughs> it's their first inclination is to take the mask off, but they still have the headphones on. It's so frustrating. Well, what's funny, just remembering him is we were on the aisle and we're sitting there and the passenger goes, um, so how are you guys doing today? He goes, well, I'm doing pretty good. He goes, you know, I'm sitting here working with my girlfriend <laughs> and he goes, but also I'm working with my ex-wife. <laughs> so, I mean, he was calling us his girlfriend, his ex-wife <laughs> and people were looking at us like, really? <laughs> but it was hilarious. And then, then the next leg, we're sitting there and we're on the cart. And the flight, other flight attendant, she goes to me, she said, out of the blue, we're serving. She goes, so, Ellie Mae, she goes, how is Goma doing? <laughs> and I was like, caught on. So I said, oh, he's fine. And then she'd stop and look at, so, was you like a Coca-Cola? <laughs> and then we'd stop. But we carried on talking like we were from Mayberry and going to the Mayberry reunion. <laughs> And naming everybody on that beverage service the whole <laughs> Does anybody say anything? Everybody was just kind of looking at us because it was a New York flight. And they just kept looking at us like, are y'all for real? I mean, no. we didn't let it go. We talked about Mayberry and the reunion. We can't wait to see Bonnie. And we just kept on and on. So I um, recently had a doctor's appointment and my cholesterol is kind of high. So the doctor suggested trying a plant-based diet, basically a vegetarian. And I said, you know, I'll try it. I'll see what happens. I've tried it before. I like animals and I think it's better for the environment. And uh, I've been on a, like a keto diet for many years. So being a vegetarian, I can eat a bunch of stuff that I haven't been letting myself eat for a long time. So it feels naughty, <laughs> like corn on the cob and bread and mashed potatoes. It's like, I'll be happy to be a vegetarian. <laughs> well, I had decided if I was going to do it, I, I find that people can be very frustrating with their dietary needs. So I decided I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to like announce that I'm a vegetarian. So like, so this way they don't have to like rearrange and make something special for me. Uh, so I'm calling it mainly plant-based. So this way I don't have to um, inconvenience other people. And I've only been doing it for a few months. So this nice flight attendant on a Germany trip, sometimes on Germany, people will um, buy sausages in um, the grocery store and then bring them on the plane and take some foil and put them in the oven and they get, they brown them and they get all nice and and crispy and they bring the nice mustard from Germany. And so this white dinner had made them and I'm smelling it in the galley and she goes, hey, do you want some sausages? And I'm like, oh, yes. And then I said, oh, I forgot. I'm a vegetarian. And she looked at me like, you forgot you were a vegetarian? Because Usually people who are vegetarian have such strong feelings about it, and they certainly wouldn't forget that they were a vegetarian. But I was working with this one woman who admitted that one day when a deaf person came on board and they were seated, and the purser said, please make sure that they're briefed right. on the exit rows and the subtitles on the video and all those things, she went and got the Braille book to make sure that the deaf person <laughs> could read. <laughs> and then the person goes, I'm deaf, not blind. Dummy. <laughs> so 
I was working a flight coming back from Europe to the United States, and I was working with a flight attendant who it was her first trip back after the pandemic. Some people took long leaves and are now coming back because all the passengers are back. But, you know, you're always a little nervous because, I mean, she'd been flying a long time, but now she's been off for a year and a half. And, you know, you wonder if you're rusty. She had to had to go to extra training. She was nervous and she was like, just tell me if I'm not doing something. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine. So we have a medical emergency and it's a child. It's a two-year-old having a seizure. So luckily there was a doctor and a nurse and another passenger, a male passenger said, so apparently you're not supposed to give uh, somebody having a seizure any medication orally because they could choke. So this other passenger said his child also has seizures and he administered medication anally to the child. And I was thinking, oh, I hope this isn't a problem because, um, you know, in general, you shouldn't inject anything to somebody else's child anally in general. But actually, that was a problem. The mother was fine with it and the medication seemed to help. And when the uh, the flight attendant who happened to be an EMT before, which was so nice when you have somebody that has that medical training because he was very calm and he had been uh, ordering, which is fine. You want someone to take charge, um, different people to do different things when it was in the heat of the moment. And he had told this flight attendant who had just come back from leave, he said, go get all the medical equipment, you know, which is like the defibrillator, the, the first aid kit. And uh, now everything's fine. The child's fine. The mother is, you know, she had been freaking out, but now she's relaxed. You know, it's like, whew, you know, emergency averted. And then the one guy flight attendant who I find some, so funny, um, I was saying to the girl who had been so nervous about her trip back and then we have a medical emergency. And I said, you did great. And the guy flight attendant goes, yeah, you did great, but uh, we didn't need the fire extinguisher. <laughs> EMT slash flight attendant had told her to go get the emergency equipment. She just got everything. <laughs> we, we really didn't need the fire extinguisher. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. And remember, if you're in first class, be first class. Thanks. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen her better stew Oh, Betty and the Chips
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 